right, everybody. Aaron Fragnito here at the Passive Cashflow Podcast. We have some investors here. Roy here has invested with People's Capital Group for a number of years. Risha here is his wife and uh, partner. 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 Yeah. And uh, we are going to talk about uh, how they invest with People's Capital Group and just real estate investing in general. So we're going to have some fun today. And remember, guys, peoplescapitalgroup.com is so you can go for more information and learn about what we do. All right. So why did you start investing in real estate, Roy? Well, Risha and I are looking at our future, and uh, you know we we have investments in the stock market, mm -hmm. and uh, 2008 happened to everyone. Sure. Um, and we we just didn't think it was where we wanted to put our trust, and uh, we believe in real estate. You mm -hmm. know, history says real estate is the way to go, and so we um, decided to start looking for a property, just like that. Uh, let's try to get a property, a rental property, something we can get started with, and so we did, and then. We also wanted to educate ourselves, and we started listening to different podcasts or what you're doing here. Cool. And um, and then we learned about meetups and things like that, mm -hmm. and so we sort of branched out. Nice, so, nice. And I think we uh, met at one of my meetups. One of yeah, meetups, right? One yeah, we, meetups. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. We had gone to. We started going to meetups and realized, oh, this is a great way to connect with people and learn because mm -hmm. we really just jumped into it, not understanding fully. What we're getting to, it was as a, you know, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to get cash flow and it's going to be passive. Yeah, we just kind of dove in. We quickly <laughs> learned it's not passive. It wasn't passive. Uh, it was, it's great. And we still have those properties. Uh, but, you know, uh, we needed to learn yeah. more and faster. Made a lot of mistakes along the way, but, you know, mm -hmm. we're better for it. Oh, absolutely. Well, the mistakes is what make you greater. As an investor, as a human being, right, it builds character. Right. I remember my uh, pastor once told a story when I was a kid uh, how he shot the basketball in the wrong hoop and uh, lost the game for his team. And what? his coach later told him, well, that builds character. So that's a good thing. And he said, if that builds character, then I don't want any. So, <laughs> you know, there's certainly been days in the real estate field. I'm sure we felt that way. Uh, but yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. So that's interesting. So you, you kind of educated yourself and a lot of the uh, gurus told you to go buy some multifamily homes. And, uh, is, yeah, uh, go big, go big, buy yeah. more, buy more. But, um, you know, it just it's a lot of work. And Roy has a full time. Well, he's now sure. in, into a He has a full time job and I'm self-employed. We've changed so, over the years. Yeah. You know, it was some transition going on, some, you know. And so we were, uh, we're, we're always adapting, which kind of have to do it. Sound like yeah. those. So we wanted to educate ourselves, and that's mm -hmm. why we wanted to go to meetups. And going to your meetup mm. was was a really good education for me. You give you give a really good presentation, by the way. Thank you. Um, and I thought, you know, I like the direction you guys are going. You mm -hmm. guys were kind of like where we wanted to be. Oh, cool. And that that's kind of what led me to like invest in you and look further into what you're doing. Yeah. And perhaps investing, which I eventually did. Yeah. Um, you know, again, coming to a, a presentation here right, uh, with a right. uh, self-directed uh, guy from the self-directed. So I decided to go in that direction. And so, yeah. Right. We, yeah. Wanted, we wanted to get out of the stock market. And yeah. so it was like, how do we do that? And, yeah. And uh, this is truly passive for right. me. It's, you know, I put it up there and then, you know, just you get the returns without doing any work. Yeah. You know, the manager. You do that. Come, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like Yay, that. Hey, that's passive. Yeah. It's like, wow. Okay. Let's do that again. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's great. So, I mean, that's how it works. So the Rios are amazing, you know, when you can meet people and, and see what they're doing and see what they're they're doing with their company. And, and that's what's uh, it's really cool. I think real estate, we you know, when you try to be transparent like that, you know, that's what builds a lot of uh, trust off the bat. And, 
And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, that product of the totally passive uh, position, you know, I, I did the same thing. I read a bunch of books and from a bunch of gurus who make a ton of money, you know, yeah. selling books and CDs. And, and they said, yeah, buy a bunch of real estate, right? And manage it yourself or manage a management company and you'll get some nice passive cash. I remember I had my first five family and like I loaded it up with TRA tenants, uh, TRA tenants that have six month vouchers. And after that, they have to supposedly have started working or, or went to school and they get the voucher renewed. But I found that about uh, four out of five of the TRA tenants I had didn't go and do the next step. And mm-hmm. so I had four out of five evictions in my first oh my six months of ownership. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the bills came due. And I was like, wow, okay, now I've realized don't work with TRA tenants, <laughs> just not a great fit uh, for properties, you know, and uh, that I was trying to work with. So, um, yeah, you, that's another uh, character building lesson mm-hmm. right there. You know? uh, I guess for the listeners, because I don't know what a TRA tenant is, maybe you could explain. Temporary rental assistance is what okay. TRA stands for. Oh. So, so that's different than Section Eight. Completely different. Yes, Section okay. Eight is much better. You know, Section Eight, you have a uh, check that comes in every uh, month from right. the government, and it right. goes on for years and years and years, as long as you pass the annual inspection, right? right. Um, and that could be a pain in the neck a lot of times to pass that, depending on the type of tenant you have as well. So, and how many people are living in the unit. Um, but if you have good tenants and the units are not beaten up, then, then generally you pass the inspection every year. And, um, you know, then the, the money keeps coming. I mean, Section 8 could be for life. Federal Section 8 is oh, for life. Yeah. So, you know, that if, as far as a <laughs> landlord standpoint, that's a much stronger tenant than a TRA tenant. Hmm. Are these uh, immigrants? I mean, so temporary before they get established? Uh, I'm not even sure. I, I found actually most of them just to be general people below the poverty line coming out of okay. shelters. So okay. Um, okay. TRA is the next sh- uh, step from a shelter. Gotcha. So if you're in a shelter, right. whether you're a citizen or immigrant, I, I think, yeah, and I think every city has probably different rules on that, but um, you know, it, it can be, uh, you can get TRA pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, the bar to get it, I think, is lower than Section 8. Like, people to get Section 8 have to really, there's a much more to go through, much more yeah. paperwork, the waiting process. So when it's finally attained, I think it's more valued by the tenant, where TRA is really handed out a little bit more. Um, and it's really just helped people get off the feet. So it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, like, it's, it's a really good thing. And it, it just, for, as a landlord, you have to understand, if you're going to accept TRA tenants, it's, it's really something you're going to do out, out of the, your heart, you know, more so than your, your wallet, um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, so it depends, you know, but uh, working with investors, you know, it, it wasn't the right fit for our buildings. We have to have good long term leases and good long term tenants. Um, so, you know, I learned that one the hard way for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's <clears throat> you were saying, you know, helping people get on their feet and stuff. And I think that's really that's another reason why we got into real estate was because we uh, I'm an interior designer by trade, and I mean, mm-hmm. that's my business. Um, and I love improving spaces. And it, it was also exciting to be able to go into a space, you know, and create value to it, to give a beautiful space for, um, you know, someone to come in and live and them wanting to be there. So attracting, you know, tenants that want to take care of the space. I mean, that was also a big uh, we point wanted to, for investing. Yeah, we wanted to add value and, um, really make the tenants want enjoy our homes and want to take care of it because they come into it uh, 
coming from someplace that maybe wasn't well kept. And mm-hmm. when we bought it, it wasn't well managed, it wasn't well kept. And so we put it, uh, you know, gave them personal washers and dryers, for example, mm-hmm. gave everybody their own personal parking space mm-hmm. and just nice kitchens and things like that. And mm-hmm. we found was tenants really upkept it. Right. We would go to do little things and we're like, wow, this place is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And take care of it. And so that's sort of our approach and it's, it's worked out for us. Yeah, well, if you give tenants a good quality of life, a right. good place to live, then they'll, they'll have pride of ownership, you know, and, and uh, that's exactly, we look for buildings that don't have that, that are right. mismanaged. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're out there. You just have to do the marketing, get in touch with the owner and convince them to sell to you for a reasonable price. You know, it's not easy. We'll look at 400 deals to do one of one. them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but when you find that diamond in the rough, uh, the tenants do are, are happy that, you know, they're, and they're willing to pay a little bit more for a better quality of life. Right. and. A nicer new. place to live and safer, yeah. quieter, yeah. smells better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, the things work consistently. When things break, we get them fixed quickly. Right. Yes. Great you response know. and stuff like that. So, right. yeah, the more, the better you manage the property, the better the tenants you're going to attain. And then, you know, the better your property is going to just grow in value over time. And it's kind of like creating a cute community, really. You know, well, it is for yeah. bigger properties, right? Right. And, but it also like it creates a community and that just grows from. So not only are you just improving it, uh, you know, improving the building, but you're improving the area around it. You're, yeah. you know, you're adding a lot of value. Right. And, you know, we've gotten good responses from the neighbors. Mm. You know, they're sure. friendly and uh, they want our numbers. And if anything goes wrong, we'll let you know because they know we don't live there. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, that's another plus of sort of taking care of your place and making them feel like you're a good owner. Right. And they, right. they, they like you in their neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And it was even a case where the neighbors uh, bid on the property we ended up winning. Oh, cool. So initially they weren't too happy with us, you know, getting that. But seeing what we were doing and seeing the kind of people we brought in, uh, they really warmed up to us and right. we're very, very friendly with them now. So yeah. all pluses. No, that's, that's uh, really like the what I love about our job, you know, buying real estate and and figuring out the problems with it. You know, and overall you're improving a community, improving a neighborhood and they're, We'll buy buildings with drug dealers in them, you know, and, and people that are just really bringing down the area and, and the building. And uh, people will thank us, you know, that yeah. kids and in and, and the building because moving your family out of a building or trying to find a safer place to live. Exactly. Especially a lot of inner city areas. There's not a lot of options. You right. know, if you can't afford or you're a Section 8 tenant, you know, you, you can't necessarily move to a, a fancy place uh, with, with a Section 8 voucher. So, you know, you're, you're really limited on your options and you're stuck with buildings that may have. Of, uh, drug dealers in them and that's a dangerous place for kids to live so it's definitely you know a responsibility you have as a landlord to maintain a quality of life and and uh it just i think when you do that hopefully the landlord next to you sees that and next to you you know ideally in a yeah. perfect world we'd like to yeah. but i think <laughs> but, but it does do that i mean like it mm-hmm. is a, in a, and it is because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that really sort of motivates and you, you see that development house by house block by block because it is a valuable um uh it's a valuable investment mm-hmm. uh, not just for the people living there but for the people who own it you know you, you yeah it's tangible right yeah. like when you buy a stock you know you buy some well that's Ford it. stock whatever it's a number mm-hmm. on a screen you know ford doesn't really make more cars or hire more people because you invested some money in, you know i mean at the end of the day it, it does help businesses but you know publicly traded businesses you don't see the tangible no. effects of it no. you know at all um and uh, it is really nice to be able to say, hey, my IRA is at work in, in that building or doing this, with the, you know, and, and uh, or whatever investment you have. Right. So, so mm-hmm. the investment that Roy has with you is actually a local one in Jersey. I like that. I can drive up to my investment and say, there it is. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I own yeah. X a percentage of uh, that building. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's right on Berkeley Heights. Yeah, right. Or, right. Down the street, right. Which is, you know, tough to do in this state, find those properties. That's the hardest part of our job is right. finding yeah. the good deals. You know, when we finally find a good investment opportunity, the, the money is usually raised pretty quickly. You know, the hardest part is really finding the, the property. And then just we'll talk to owners for years. You know, we'll be in conversation with them, building a relationship and, um, just like any uh, transaction in business, you have to earn it and earn the person's trust. And and then they might give it to someone else too. They might exactly. hire the broker down the street. So, right. um, you know, it's always a challenge, but yeah, it's just, this market especially is super hard to find good deals in. And I think that's one of our biggest challenges now. Um, I mean, uh, Risha, I know you're out there kind of uh, looking at deals. Any, mm-hmm. any tips uh, from your end of, uh, of the business? Looking at deals, uh, yeah, no, it's just looking at a lot of deals and really, you know, yeah. trying to figure out how to make that deal work because everybody thinks they're sitting on a gold mine. And yeah. we were just looking at a deal down near the shore uh, in Neptune, and the current owner is saying, yeah, it's, you know, it's making so much cash and it's great. And we're looking at this, I mean, it was... Uh, dumb. Uh, this whole place had to be totally renovated. Mm-hmm. It it needed thousands of dollars of work. And he's like, "Well, I got solar up there. I've put in." And oh, it's like, God. "Yeah, but the place. You. I mean, you really. Uh, we couldn't. It was like being a slumlord. <laughs> yeah. And we. You know, mm-hmm. he was asking too much, and we're thinking we got to put in all this. And there's just no way. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know. And I. It, you know. Funny thing was that six months. Um, six months later, or actually a year later. He has done these mega renovations right. on it because but he called us back. He wanted us to go look at it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because he, he realized, you know, like there is just no way. There's the problem is now he's going to want a lot more money. You know, well he now he wants money. a lot more right. money. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But at least what he was asking for before mm-hmm. wasn't even yeah, like he wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. At least he's a little closer now. Like he's in the same ballpark. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to go and put one hundred fifty thousand dollars into a two hundred thousand dollar property. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like crazy. Yeah, that one in Berkeley Heights we found was really, I think, a diamond in the rough. It was definitely one of our, our better deals we've, we've ever found. Uh, we knew the owner, who was also a broker, so we would be in touch with him about right. just listings he right. had. <clears throat> and then we called him up. Seth would will call up brokers and owners. Like, mm-hmm. This is every four or five months. Hey, how you doing? How are things going? We're still, um, you know, churning and burning here. You got anything good? And uh, he said, yeah, I'm selling my own property. Uh, I'm going to list it in a few days, but, if you, you know, we said, hold off, let us come look at it. Let's make you an offer. Uh, we went there, we, you know, we negotiated a little bit over the next week and a half or so. But and it was funny because he actually owns his own brokerage. So he has the means to really move this for top dollar. Right. Yeah. It appraised for about two million. I think we bought it for a set 1.7. So we really got, you know, a good 300,000 off the fair market value off the bat. And then, um, of course, it has the zoning change over to fair market housing uh, in, in six years, which is gonna be just a phenomenal investment over, over the next uh, few years with this property. So, right. you know, I, I think we got a lot of- Well, I think it's those, those relationships. It's really the relationship and getting people yeah. to wanna do business with you. I mean, I just find that in my own business, for my interior design business, that's it. It's getting my clients trust. And then, you know, even us going out to look at deals and we're talking to homeowners and, and et cetera. And, a lot of it is that people aren't trusting. You know, they meet us one time, two times, but you know, it's it's continuing like every three months. Call them back up, talk yeah. to them again. Being consistent, kind of proving that you know you're for real. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You know, going to that. I mean, talking about relationships. For me, when we got into this initially, I was like, well, let's just go find some properties and 
invest and, and we'll, we'll make some money. And, um, that's the guru saying, right? you know, like we'll do it on an Island. We'll just do our own thing. <laughs> but like, you know, going to meetups and, and meeting people and like building those relationships, I find out how important that is. And, and like, you know, sort of putting your name out there and getting to know who's who. And like, I feel a tremendous amount of trust and, uh, for your business, for mm. example. And so we have that relationship and that I learned, and I think there's other people out there who may be listening who may be a little bit like me and just want to just do their thing and forget about everybody else. But it is all about relationships and connecting with, uh, with the right people. That's yeah. a big help. Oh, absolutely. You know, you got to like who you do business with. You yeah. got to trust them. They have right. to show you integrity in a couple different ways before, you know, I mean, an IRA is hard earned money. You know, that's, that's a very important thing. It's a retirement account, you know, and, uh, it's, it's so, I, I understand the gravity of working with people's IRAs and just cash, whatever the investment is, you know, each dollar. I mean, I work very hard for my dollars as you do as well. Right. So when someone invests in me, cause really they're investing in, in me, they're investing in yep. Seth, you know, people's capital <clears throat> is our company, but it's the person you're investing in. Yep. So it's a personal compliment. You know, and the other side of the coin is then when someone doesn't invest in you, it's like a personal <laughs> hit too, you know, so, but there could be a million reasons. Yeah, sure, there's always you know, a million so reasons, it, timing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. tons, and you know, that's, it's, it's time, time and circumstance, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it, a week later, it, circumstance could be totally different, mm-hmm. a month later, you know, that's really what it is, it's just yeah. time and circumstance, and being, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the building relationship, is just being there at the right time, the right place, and yeah. That's kind of like just sort of always being there top of mind so that mm-hmm. when they make a decision or when you're, you know, you're looking for that property and they, that person, just like you're the broker mm-hmm. that you met, just happened to be mm-hmm. thinking, you know, you have that relationship. You've been going on and talking and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you happen to be there at the right time. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. can't just sort of, it's not a flash in the pan. Oh, I get there. I'm going to make the deal and get out. Mm-hmm. Right. Not that. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, do you guys have any... Uh, tips or anything you want to uh, throw out there things you want to let the people know about that are listening to the passive cash flow podcast yeah educate yourself uh there are lots of uh oh my god so many options out there yeah right number one educate yourself read books uh podcasts, podcasts mm-hmm. webinars you know, videos web, uh, meetups i mean there's so many uh i like i host a meetup for women who want to invest in real estate and um I have somebody awesome. different come up every She won't let month. me come to the meeting. She won't let me come to a meeting. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to win her. I know, right? Which you I can do. do. I've got a really got, good I, Halloween costume. Yeah, we're I got the dress. Right. I, I have heels. Well, now you can get really discounted Halloween costumes. All right? <laughs> yeah, now's really. the time now's to buy Halloween costumes. Well, I'm on Meetup, which is a woman who want to invest in real estate. That's the Meetup group, although everybody says it's difficult to find. I don't know why. It's down Menlo Park Mall. We're right outside there at Panera Bread every third Wednesday of the month. But maybe, you know, the best way right now is uh, through my interior design business, Walden Interiors, which is walden-interiors.com. Because, you know, it really is everything. And of course, if you need interior design. I'm here too. There you go. (laughs) Yes, it comes in handy when you're doing a reno. You've got her talents. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching the, uh, another episode here of the Passive Cashflow Podcast. Our website is peoplescapitalgroup.com. And as you know, we work with passive investors and you've met a couple here today. So if you have any questions, go to our website, peoplescapitalgroup.com. Shoot us an email, info peoplescapitalgroup 
Uh.com as well. And if you want to come on the podcast or you're a fellow investor of ours, you work with People's Capital Group, shoot us a line. We'll see if maybe we can get you on the show. Have a good day.